Hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of Volley. I'm Carolyn April. And as always, I'm looking for my good buddy at CompTIA, Seth Robinson. Seth. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good. It was uh, good to see you last week at uh, yeah. our Communities and Councils event. Yeah, that was great. I, I thought we did a nice job on the stage, pat pat on, on our backs, and, uh, right. and it was just it was good to hang out. I thought the event went well as well. Yeah, nice to see everyone, a lot of our most engaged members, a lot of new members, and it seemed to be really good energy there and good discussions. And so now, you know, the next big event would be like ChannelCon in the fall, um, but I'm sure you and I will have little events here and there between now and then. Yeah, I've already got a whole roadmap of things to do between now and then. But good for uh, you. For us, I, I think, I guess, depends on your viewpoint. <laughs> but so, what's up for uh, what's up for your weekend? I don't know. I, I uh, was supposed to go volunteer at a thing tomorrow, but I'm getting emails that the logistics are not, you know, what we expected, and I'm maybe not needed for the time slot that I was going to go for, and so I I got to figure it out. But it, uh, it's a STEM yeah. event uh, for, for girls, and so I had registered my youngest daughter to, to go to it. Uh, so I'm at least going to go over there and take her, and then I'll probably hang around and see if they need help. Sounds good. That's very um, volunteery of you. Yeah. I'm impressed. Well, how about you? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I think it might be. We've been, a, we've been going away the last few weekends, so this is the first one in a while I've been home. Or I've been having to travel very early on Monday, so my Sunday's been all messed up. So this is the first weekend in a while where I'm not going anywhere for work early and then following week, and I'm not going away for the weekend for anything. So uh, it might be just be a catch-up around the house kind of weekend. So we'll see. Yeah, Which those are good. By me, fine by me. I need one of those every yeah. once in a while, you know. Anyway, so we have a guest today, don't we, Seth? Yeah, well, before we get to the weekend, we'll have a conversation here on Bali about jobs and what's happening out in the workforce. This this conversation actually is going to lead into a webinar that CompTIA is doing next week, and so we'll give some more details about that. But to join us today, we have Teresa Varela, who is CompTIA's Director of Workforce Development, and she's going to tell us a little bit about what she's seeing out in the field. So, Teresa, thanks for joining us. Hi, it's great to be here. Yeah. What are you, are you doing this weekend, Teresa? You know, I'm kind of along what uh, Carolyn's doing is I'm going to have a low-key weekend because I've got about three weeks of travel coming up. So I'll take a yoga class, just relax, stay in a cocoon a bit, and then get ready for travel. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> so, uh, so Teresa, like I said, we, we've got this webinar coming up next week talking about uh, some skills that employers are looking for and, and how they might be able to find them. Uh, and that's really what you do in your job for CompTIA, right? Yes. Yeah, I work with our corporate customers on skills development, and that covers it quite a bit, but mainly it's how do we find out how they want to develop their people, how they're training them, and then where we can best support them. Great. And uh, you're you're within our certifications team. So so obviously, you know, we're wanting, you know, employers to use our certifications and our training packages and things like that. But we're, you know, we're finding that there's a lot of avenues that, that employers are taking. And so I guess the first thing that I wanted to ask you is what are the skills that you're seeing out there? Because uh, we've done research and I know, Carolyn, you've got that recent SMB research. And sometimes in our research or uh, in headlines, you see employers or or people talking about wanting to find new skills. But I I think that that might 
uh, only be the tip of the iceberg uh, for, for all the skills that they actually need. Yeah, and we see that too. So in our cyber states data, it shows that in 2017, there were 2.8 million job postings. 200,000 of those were emerging technology jobs. So IoT, AI, robotics, automation. But what I'm hearing in the field is the larger number, right? So we're hearing a lot more on cyber. We hear a lot on data, data scientists, data analysts, cloud, and also software developers. That comes up in every conversation. There's just not enough of those. Yeah, I think sometimes the some of the core infrastructure uh, skills and, and, and the layer just above that, the general sense out there is, oh, we got that covered, and, and that simply isn't true. Um, it's nice to think about the emerging technology area, and I think we all need to focus on our futures. Um, but as you are seeing, obviously, in, in the position that you've got, Teresa, that all of these other fundamental skills are remain and will continue to remain super important to a lot of uh, high, uh, employers. Yeah. We're, we're, and in addition to the hard skills, the other conversation that's popping up all the time is soft skills. We're hearing that repeatedly, that they cannot get enough soft skills development with people and finding people that have basic communication skills as well. So we're hearing hard and soft in the market. So what are we, are we doing anything around that? And, you know, forgive me if, if, for my ignorance, um, but from a CompTIA standpoint, what are, how are we focusing on, we focus so much on hard skills with many of our certifications, but are, are you involved or do you know that what we're doing in, uh, in the area of soft skills? A-plus covers some of it from a tech support role perspective. And through our Creating IT Futures, we do have a program called Prepare You that helps individuals get some of that. I think there's more that needs to be done. We are hearing more employers say, I'll take somebody with skills and train them, right? So that's where we come into play. It's, we can help you with the hard skills. Now, what are you doing about the soft skills? So we're finding some companies are saying, hey, if you're a cultural fit, you've got some of those soft skills, do you want to roll in tech? We'll train you. And I was sharing with Seth, Amazon does a good job of that. They've got a program called Associate to Tech Program. They take warehouse workers and getting a job at Amazon is still not an easy accomplishment if even just getting a warehouse position. And they're training them now on our A-plus certification to step into an IT role. It's, hey, you have soft skills, you have a cultural fit, now let's move you on. Yeah, it's got to be. I, uh, to me, it seems more difficult to to train somebody in soft skills, which are often intuitive to you just as a human being, you know, uh, um, versus being able to be trained on on harder technical skills. But that may just be me who talks about. So. <laughs> and, but, and you know what? I I agree with that. And when I look at the data, it does say, yeah, they're teachable. But it does take time to teach them because things that we take for granted, you don't understand why somebody else doesn't have those skills. So it's how do you nurture that and develop them if they've got these great technical skills? Yeah, and right. speaking uh, from an engineering background, I, I don't think it's as much a part of a uh, typical engineering curriculum. As, or a technical curriculum as it would be a business curriculum uh, or a liberal arts curriculum. So I, I think that, that, that it's, it's right. been missing a little bit in that because it, it hasn't been the, the top priority, but we see the same thing in our research that, that people are looking for it. And, and another thing that I'll add on that, that CompTIA is doing is when we acquired AITP a little over a year ago now, and as, as that program and that uh, membership has been evolving, I think soft skills or employability skills are one of their primary focuses. So I think that's another place where we want to try to pull in technical professionals uh, and, and help them with their technical skills, but also give them some of these other skills that, that employers are looking for because 
the the people that used to be you know pure techies are now getting more and more integrated into the business and so they need to communicate better they need to understand the the business a little bit better yeah, we're seeing in our research, you know, line of business is so involved in purchasing today and so involved in making decisions around the types of technology that they're going to use that they they have to intersect so much more with the IT department, which used to be behind the curtain, you know, and didn't really spend a lot of time interacting with the people in the marketing department or the sales department. Now they all kind of work together. And of course, that means that you can no longer lack this kind of soft skills that you need to be able to communicate effectively across department. Agreed. I had uh, one VP of HR at a local technology company here say to me, it's twofold. So one, it's that piece. And then the other is having acceptance and tolerance in a company for differences. You don't want an extrovert to be forced to become an introvert, right? So there's that balance too, is not everybody is going to have these skills so naturally. Where can you be accepting of it? And then where can you also train? So it's a it's a it's a fine line. Mm-hmm. It'll be inter- it'll be interesting. Teresa, I wanted to go back real quick to the numbers that you mentioned before because I, I think that those numbers highlight exactly what we're talking about. That you've got these 2.8 million overall technology jobs, only 200,000 of them are emerging, and and I don't think that people always understand that scale. And, and I think part of the reason they don't understand it, or part of the reason that headlines put so much emphasis around the emerging stuff is the supply of those skills. So so even if there are you know 1.4 million people, you know that are that are kind of trained for the traditional skills, that's at least you know half of that bucket whereas there could be, you know, close to zero people in the emerging area and so the the demand is a little greater. That demand supply equation is is different. Do you see differences in the difficulty of of finding these jobs or is it almost just as difficult to even find the traditional skills as the emerging skills? Yeah, I'd say what I'm seeing, it's as difficult to find traditional job roles. It's a very competitive market. It's low unemployment. It's less than 10% in some areas for IT jobs. So employers are desperate to find the right talent and then keep them as well. So it's the first job is getting them into the organization. The next part is retaining them. In terms of the emerging technologies, I don't hear that as much in my own job role because if they're looking for an AI person, there's not much support that I can give them. And I was sharing with Carolyn earlier that some of the areas that we see those organizations looking for them, it's the larger billion dollar plus companies. So it's the Deloitte's, Verizon's, Accenture's. They're looking for those emerging tech roles more. Or interesting, we're seeing some of these organizations come up as almost a new breed of solution providers. It's an AI company that found a niche developing something and now they're offering it out to the masses. I saw one company, it was called Pressy Taste. And they're an AI for the food services industry. I said, okay, that's a different and cool approach. So I think you're going to see more of those niche companies. And then maybe there's partner opportunity for the emerging tech piece while they're still hiring traditional tech roles. So these are companies that are, they start they start out as emerging tech vendors. I'm, I'm a little bit confused about what, so the, the one that, that you just cited, that example yeah. What type of company was that? Yeah, so I look at the, um, I go to Indeed a lot when I'm meeting with clients in their area to find out what the job roles demand. And when I was looking up locally for jobs in artificial intelligence, this company called Pressy Taste, it's a AI company that 
has some data. I'm not exactly sure the intricacies of it, but it looks like they are an outsourced company that works with food service industry. So whether you're a food manufacturer, food equipment, or your uh, food services, they've got an AI platform that can help your processes. So it's and and the output is to have better quality of food and consistency and customer experience was their premise. But I said that's interesting. So beyond the Fortune 500 companies I saw, I saw some niche players like this in those emerging tech areas. And I think that's where there's a partner opportunity. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that because I, I think that a lot of times with the emerging tech, people kind of expect it to be similar to traditional IT where it's going to be a product that can get plugged in um, or you know, it's going to be you know, hardware or software that comes along, but it's, there's actually a completely new way of thinking about it where you know for if you were going to work with this company that you just described you kind of have to bring in a, a data set and you have to understand what output you want uh, and it's not like you can just go and say let's get some AI to apply to our problem that we're having uh, there, there's a completely new way of thinking about it and I think a lot of companies are building up to even that that point where they've got the the prerequisites to use the emerging technology yeah. This is, yeah, this is the same thing that, that solution providers who want to get into emerging tech are, are, are grappling with, Seth. Exactly. We've talked about this in the past, that it's not it's not the typical product that they would resell or or the service that they would the, that they would offer. It, you know, a lot of the emerging tech are kind of things that are baked into other solutions. They're enabling technologies, they're foundational pieces, they're tools, they're they're features, they're and I think a lot of the the Solution providers, especially at the higher end, that are trying to get into these markets, aren't entirely sure what they're selling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think something else that's interesting that we're seeing a lot that helps in the SMB space is we're seeing non-traditional IT organizations and IT roles skilling up their people with technology. So we're working with a large, and it's not Blue Cross Blue Shield who's speaking next week. They are another example. But we're working with a large Fortune 500 company on training roles that traditionally wouldn't have IT fundamental knowledge and experience. So it's biomedical techs, medical device repair, um, service operations, diagnostic Im imaging specialists. So roles that we don't normally see and they say, hey, they're, they're touching technology, they need to understand the basics, which I think is cool. We see it with the Nissan, they have a assembly line, assembly plant in Tennessee, and they train their folks on A plus because of all the technology mechanisms in a car these days. So it's nice to see that in these non-traditional spaces, there are other opportunities to train staff or, or to partner. Yeah, every company is a tech company, as we say. Yeah. So I guess that broadens the landscape for for uh, for you all who are trying to to, to uh, work with companies to get them skilled up. It's you give your uh, your uh, range of companies that you can work with is so much more expansive. Yeah, do unpack that a little bit more, Teresa, in terms of those traditional skills, because I, I think the common pushback on like traditional skills is something like everything's going to the cloud uh, or, or companies don't want to focus on technology as a core competency. They want to focus on their, their business. But, you know, in addition to what you just described, that, that technology is becoming so ingrained with those core business processes that it has to be a competency what are you seeing on on the other side there with with people saying well is everything going to the cloud because it sounds like there's so much demand for these things that obviously not everything is just going to the cloud 
Right. And I think it depends on the size of the company as well. So if you're talking about these larger organizations, they can invest in training at this scale to do that. And I also hear a lot of outsourcing, right? So the contingent workforce number, I forget what it is, but it's like my daughter's a sophomore in college and they say that by the time she's out of school in a few years, she'll probably work for five people at one time. I don't think it's going to happen that quickly, but we are seeing that some of these job roles are going to be outsourced or you're going to have, we see it now with virtual CISOs or virtual CFOs. So some of those roles are going to be outsourced, but I still see companies, even locally, small, medium, large businesses, they're hiring a ton of network administrators. They're hiring um, InfoSec. They're still hiring these roles and not necessarily outsourcing it, but I think they are working hand in hand. Well, I think what happens is I think they may look to hire initially and it's outsourcing is becomes the second option Yeah, when yeah. they run into trouble trying to find people. Uh, in our, in the SMB study that I just did, we obviously ask, you know, where are you sourcing, you know, your technology or the services that you use technologically and, um, you know, most of the outsourcing is the lowest on the list of where they're getting things. And that may be also that, you know, you can extend that over to how they're dealing with their hiring as well Is that they probably look to do it organically first and then look out when they can't find who they need. Which is crazy to me when you see some of these open job roles for six months, isn't there right. a natural there? <laughs> don't you want to outsource that? Yeah. No, agreed. I agreed. And I don't know what the, what the reticence is there for some companies. It may be a cost factor, but you know, maybe we do a side by side someday, Seth, of uh, the cost of, of, of hiring somebody and, and having them as an, a full-time employee versus contracting with an outsourcer for a year and see what the big difference is, if any. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a, a great segue into the, the last thing that we were going to talk about, which is kind of what are employers doing about this? How are employers changing the way they're thinking about it? Because to your point, if they've got this open job rec for six months or longer, that, that is a, a huge opportunity cost there. Uh, and and there's all of this demand and supply issues. And if they can't find the people that, that fit their perfect description, uh, what exactly are they doing about it? And we talked about this a little bit in the IT industry outlook. I think, you know, when we're talking about um, new things that employers are doing, the primary example that we would point to or a lot of people point to is big companies like Apple and Google saying that they don't require a four-year degree anymore for uh, some set of the, the job roles that they maybe used to require that four-year degree for. Uh, and I, I think it's one thing to say that, and then it's another thing for kind of the entire ecosystem to catch up to that. And then obviously there are a lot of other companies that would kind of have to adopt that mindset as well. So Teresa, what are you seeing from like an employer mindset of, of being willing to take somebody that comes from a non-traditional path and what are those non-traditional paths? Uh, and then, you know, what do we have to do to, to kind of keep getting there? Yeah. So I love that you said that what we're hearing in the research about hiring non-degreed people. And when I do talk to organizations, we still see that four-year degree popping up. There are exceptions to that, but we still see that they're asking for a four-year degree or they're asking for the vocational school completion, which is a nice change. We're seeing that pop up more as well. I think because the skills gap is 
such a challenge. They're willing to take risks. But that's where SMB, I think, has to get more creative. We're seeing a lot of the Fortune 500 companies that are investing a lot more in training. Budgets don't seem to be an issue based on research that we're seeing that training budgets are there, which is a, which is a nice change. But I also think um, for SMB, they have to get creative on what they're going to offer their employees, uh, how they want to look at hiring differently, partnering with local even at the high school level. Um, and we have to get more workers into the IT industry. And you spoke on um, women in tech. We're also seeing diversity challenges in tech. So how do you just get more people to consider tech and get in here? And I do see companies recognizing that. We're not seeing it pan out, but I do see that change in conversation happening. Yeah, it seems to me, you know, we've been following this obviously for a long time now, um, and I've looked at some of the diversity issues and trying to find different types of workers. To get into. There's really no silver bullet. It seems like it's just going to be a multifaceted approach that employers are going to have to take, that uh, educators are going to have to take, that the um, applicants themselves are going to take, you know, whatever path they decide to go down. I, I personally, I've wrapped, you know, try to wrap my head around it. It just doesn't seem like there's one easy answer. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and, and Carolyn, you mentioned earlier the foundation, uh, the work that, that they're doing, um, and we've had Charles Eaton on here before, and, and this is one of their main focal points is, is trying to figure out, um, you know, how can we find people that might not have come into a technology career funnel before, get them into it, and then get them to employers that because they haven't come from a traditional pathway and make sure that the employers understand what they're getting and, and they're seeing a lot of success there. And, and so I, I think we're really hopeful that programs like that can continue to expand uh, in the U.S. And, and across the world. Yeah, totally agree. It's all about scale, hopefully, for those types of programs. Right. Well, uh, this is not a topic that's going to go away. So, um, Teresa, we'd like to thank thank you for joining us, and hopefully, you can come back because, as I said, we'll be talking about this well into the rest of the year, I'm sure. And uh, I know that you've got Seth. You can plug the webinar for next week since I don't have the the details. Yeah, Teresa, any any final thoughts that we missed here? I, I appreciate that you're bringing the conversation to light. And as Carolyn said, we'll continue to talk about this. And thanks for the opportunity. There's some exciting stuff that's happening out there with employers. And I'm excited to see them take some initiative on the training front. Great. Like we've been talking about, the, uh, the, the webinar is coming up next Tuesday, March 26th. It is going to feature James Stanger from CompTIA and James Taylor from Blue Cross Blue Shield. And they'll be diving into these topics uh, a lot more, uh, and then also talking about how A-plus can contribute to uh, some of these issues, like, like you mentioned earlier, Teresa. So yeah, once again, thanks for joining us, and uh, I guess now we're off to all those weekend plans that we were talking all about the at the beginning. <laughs> Enjoy. Thank you. All right, bye.